0: What are you going to do, number one, that's creating a legitimate solution to an actual pain point in the world? This is Three Marketers Walk Into A Podcast, episode 40.
1: You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into A Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response
2: Suite. Oh, you just caught on a slurp of me, tea there. I didn't yeah, realize I was, you were recording. I, was, I just get you straight in? <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Welcome back to another episode. Hi, this is Rob and Kennedy Hello from Response Suite. And we're back with another episode of Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. And this week, I
1: we want to talk about expertise. Because one of the best ways of reducing friction when you're trying to make a sale, get a new client on board, make a sale of your new product or course or whatever, is that they trust you. Mm. And one of the reasons you see some of these massive marketers, I think, who are able to put out like fairly grotty-looking sales processes... Sometimes, damn awful. Yeah, I mean, ages. just ugly, nasty ones, is because... We buy into their expertise. We know they've knocked it out of the park completely with their previous product launches or whatever the heck they've done, and so we know that actually we don't care if this thing looks a bit dodgy.
2: We're still going to buy it, and that's all to do with like your positioning as as an expert, I suppose. And the more you do that, the the easier sales becomes, like you say. I mean, there's experts who are they're selling products. They don't really tell you what it does, particularly. You know, like it, yeah, it just...
1: just go the John Smith, awesome book of 72. And you go, oh, I'll have six them, please. So how do you do that? It's all really about how do you build up that expertise? How do you be seen as the go-to person or somebody who can be absolutely trusted when you hand them the money to deliver the thing that you want to deliver? So there's obviously various channels that mm-hmm. you can you can distribute on. What are your sort of favorite channels,
2: Rob, on like how to like share your expertise? So for the longest time, I just used a blog, obviously something we've talked about a lot here on the podcast. Yeah. I just used a blog, mostly written content, even though really a blog has evolved now. And it's, it's now the, well, again, we've talked about this, but it's the host site for lots of different types of content. Yes. But I just use written blog posts for the longest time, a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And it's only in probably the last couple of years that we've really transitioned over and started doing a lot more video and, uh, and truthfully a lot more podcasting than, anything else. Sure. Yeah. I think the big thing is is
1: about finding out a me- finding a single medium and really going deep on that medium. When we first started, for example, when we first hired Grace, right? And she was here as our content marketing queen as she is now. We sort of said right we want two blog posts a week and we want to do a podcast and we want to do some videos mm. and we did a YouTube channel and we did all these things plus all the And then the rest medias. of the week. Yeah, well, exactly. And the rest of the week. Can you can you also Make tea. So we had this thing where we thought we we're going to do all these things. The problem is we were doing lots of creating content, but we weren't spending very much time promoting them. So we were fairly. Let's be honest. We were fairly. All of us as a team, not not us, but as a team, when we were looking at the results, fairly dissatisfied and fairly sort of like. Oh, well, I think we naively had a bit of a build it and they'll come mentality. Yeah, somehow we kind of got in that. I think didn't we? And so we thought. Like we'll, we'll write blog posts, but why? We only got 12 views this week, but then we want and making the next blog post. It's okay. Can we got eight views on that one? Right. Well, what we'll do is we'll write another blog post and and so on and so forth. Actual fact, as we've spoken about a lot on previous episodes of this podcast and across multiple media, actually, is it's really about, you should be spending more time promoting and building the audience than you should be actually creating the content. There should be a real significant difference. Mm. And one of the biggest and one of the most effective ways
2: that people have built their expertise is by surrounding themselves with other people, who've got expertise. Yeah. And podcast is an amazing way to do that. I mean, it's a perfect way to, and here's my favorite bit. You get to, if you're going to do an interview style podcast, like we do, you get to leverage other people's knowledge and advice and information, like not your own content. Yeah. And then, so, so if you're an expert or an info product creator or whatever, one of the biggest challenges you've got is deciding what content you're going to give away for free and what content you're going to sell. And then how do you give away loads of content for free without devaluing the thing that you sell? Again, something we've talked about a lot on the podcast, but I think that's one of the really nice things about podcasting is you're able to tap into knowledge of experts, authors, celebrities, other experts. And just the, the lovely thing about that is you're using all of their content whilst creating this lovely connection, I guess, in the public eye that you, yeah. you are friends and associates and business partners. And perhaps on together. par. And on par, yeah, absolutely. So it elevates you within the marketplace for sure. And one of the other things I really like
1: about podcasting is was a side effect for us, as well as, yes, generating leads for response suite in your product directly, whatever your product might be, is actually you get to make some really good connections which help you in other ways so it's not just about the listenership but actually by having connections with certain people that we've met through this podcast we've made sales we've leveraged those relationships to go to events for free mm. which we'd normally have to pay a few thousand dollars for so we've been able to use those relationships in our position as podcast host for other things as well and we made of course, friends too we've made some really good friends and because it's all about attracting new audiences, we've been able to leverage the fact that we
2: have a podcast to get on other people's podcasts to get in front of their audiences. Mm. So this week, as we said, we were super excited to speak to John Lee Dumas. We're going to get into his interview in just a moment. And we're going to talk about the power of podcasting to build your audience and then what to do with them from the podcast to get them into a funnel or a sales process. So one of the people, I know a lot of people listen to this podcast are experts, coaches, consultants. They have some sort of high ticket program. And one of the biggest things you're going to want people to do is to go ahead And fill out some sort of application form to apply for your service or your coaching or your consulting or whatever. So over the past, I don't know, ten plus years, we've put together all of the stuff we've learned about high ticket applications into one kind of form structure. We're going to talk about what questions to ask. We're talk about the structure for, and we want to give the whole thing to you for free that sounded distinctly like a pitch but it's not (laughs) isn't it you can go
1: across to perfectapplicationform.com and download the entire structure all the thinking the psychology the questions the order to ask the questions the appearance
2: that do create the perfect application form so you can start actually getting more applicants to your program yeah it's really powerful and converting more of them too as well getting them into a mindset where they're ready to just hand you their money reducing that friction which incidentally will work even better if you use some of the fabulous strategies from uh, mr jld so let's dive in
0: john welcome to three marketers walk into a podcast kennedy i am fired up to be here thanks for having me brother Oh, so
1: excited to have you here. Really excited to to dig in and find out, well, basically from the master of the business podcast, the
2: real underlying things about how it all works and how it all goes. I mean, listen, John, you created what must be one of the most popular business and marketing podcasts of all time. So in in a world where every possible marketplace is so crowded with podcasts, how do we create a podcast that really steps out, speaks out through the noise and grabs people's attention?
0: Well, first off, Rob, you said it, not me. Thank you for those very kind words. And I can definitely say that I am a huge believer in the phrase, the riches are in the niches. I've seen it time and time again. I launched Podcasters Paradise back in 2013, which is the biggest podcasting course community in the world, over 4,000 podcasters. And the ones that win, and I'm going to be honest, the only ones that win are those that find a specific pain point, a focus, and they go all in on that pain point, And they utilize their podcast as a way to create the solution for that major pain point. They don't get vague. They don't go broad. They don't just talk about, you know, a million different things. They serve one specific niche, one specific focus, and they find a way to do it uniquely. Like, I know that something coming up I'm kind of nervous about is this big singing gig that uh, Kennedy's going to do. And, you know, that's something- You're nervous about it, John. Come along. (laughs) That really stands out. And by the way, brilliant, because it keeps people around. And that's when I first launched Entrepreneurs on Fire, is like, you know what's what's a, a good idea of a way to keep listeners throughout the ends. And I came up with a lightning round, which was six incredibly quick, but insightful and important questions that I asked. And I just got one word to at most one sentence answers from my guests. But guess what? My listeners knew it was coming and knew that it was super valuable. So they stuck around for it, just like I know a lot of people stick around for the singing part, which is super cool as well. So what are you going to do? Number one, that's creating a legitimate solution to a actual pain point in the world. And then number two, what are you going to do that's unique, different. It's going to keep people wanting more, telling their friends about it, talking about it over coffee, etc. That's the key. All right. So let's say we
1: get this really great idea for a podcast. We get, in the, we get that niche and we've got some really good stick strategies. But if you were launching a brand new podcast in 2019, here we are now, what's a really good strategy to launch one when there are such a proliferation of business and marketing and everyone's doing a podcast? How would you launch it these days? I would just use the word crypto in my title, and I would immediately be one of the top (laughs) I mean, it's tough out there though right now, isn't it? Like everyone who's got a
0: face seems to have a podcast. And it's so true. I mean, you know, the latest is Conan O'Brien, you know, Conan wants a friend. I mean, every single media influencer who has any kind of a following, any kind of authority or brand is launching a podcast. So it's a very busy world. It's, it's very loud. It's crowded. You know, in 2012, when I launched a daily podcast, that was enough to be different. That was enough to rise to the top of the new and noteworthy. That was enough to be, you know, to keep me as one of the top ten ranked business podcasts for five years running, it was just that. But times are different now. It's 2019. You know, it's not 2013, 15, 17. Like it's just everywhere. Podcasting is making its way into, you know, Saturday Night Live skits, making its way into commercials, into sitcoms. Oh, oh by the way, shows are being launched from podcasts. Homecoming with Julia Roberts is a podcast turned into an Amazon original. There are shows that are comedy shows where the main character of the show is an aspiring podcast host. Like it's becoming something that it's people- It's a mainstream thing now, isn't it's it? It's a mainstream thing. Like in 2016 and 17, you would kind of hear it like, oh yeah, why don't you go start a podcast? Like on like media, but they were like joking about it. Now they're like serious. They're like, um, you need to go start a podcast. <laughs> like it's really just become this mainstream, this real thing that's happening. And so going back to what we first were chatting about is how are you going to cut through this noise? Because it's not going to be easy. You're not going to do it by- trying to have every single person listen to your show. I love this phrase, love me or hate me, because there's no money in the middle. So if you're not willing to be super polarizing with your show, then you're not gonna win. Like those political shows, some of them are so popular because most people hate them, But there's a small segment of people that love them. And so the shows have this passionate, raving fan base. And so how are you going to be in that same genre of love me or hate me because there's no money in the middle? Be polarizing. Stand for something that you truly believe in, that you're passionate about. And don't be afraid of people hating you. It's only going to work in your benefit. Wow, Wow. really cool. And that's brave, isn't it? I mean, that is brave. I mean, looking
2: at our audience of experts, coaches, consultants, info product creators, that's our crowd thinking about them. Should they be looking to start a podcast in order to build their audience and become famous to their tribe? Or should they be building their audience first and then giving the podcast to those people or both?
0: So podcasting is the way to build the audience. That's where you go to build your actual audience. But again, you want to be really focused on the audience that you're building. So I think there could be a great opportunity for somebody right now, as we're speaking, you know, in 2019 of saying, hey, this podcast is going to be about how to create the best Instagram stories in the world. Super niche, super focused, and what's that going to draw? That's going to draw all of these Instagram influencers and people who want to make money on Instagram and learn how to do Instagram stories better and learn how the ads work in Instagram stories And do all those things. And guess what? It's going to draw them in. But the beautiful thing is you're not pigeonholing yourself as the Instagram Stories podcast because something is going to come up in four months, in eight months, in a year that's going to overshadow Instagram Stories, is going to completely take it. And then you shift into that. So now your podcast is truly like what's cutting edge. It's working right now for a lot of people. And you shift into that, then into the next thing, then into the next thing. But you have to start with something excuse me, that's super niche, that's super focused, that's super unique and powerful. And then you can get momentum there and then build from that.
2: It's so cool. And it really helps to put kind of all the perfect messaging in front of the perfect audience, which is all we stand for here. And the
1: great thing about doing that, of course, is you build that authority, which means you reduce that sales friction. And you also reduce that friction based on price price selling as well.
2: That sort of disappears completely. Really cool. Now, John, we're going to take a brief intermission here while we play our favorite little game of the podcast. Uh, my colleague Kennedy here, hello, is going to sing a song for you, but he's going to yes. sing a song in the style of a traditional British club or pub singer, which means that some of the words may be somewhat confused or disguised. Your job, John, and dear listener at home, is simply to guess what song Kennedy sings. Take it away. That wasn't bad
1: to begin with, but it went off. Did to, it go a little it impressive.
2: impressive? it, had totally thought, different it was involved. good.
0: John, any idea? Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson.
1: Oh, you were so close. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, we're going to point out your misery straight away. Yeah, of course. It was Faith by George Michael. <laughs> You're kicking yourself now, aren't you? <laughs> kicking myself. It's so obvious. So, okay. So there are lots of different ways of people launching a podcast. That's great. But the big question people want to know, commercially minded, what are the different strategies for monetizing a podcast audience?
0: So I think a lot of people go to sponsors right away when they think about monetizing a podcast. Right. Which honestly, I think is a huge mistake because most podcasts Aren't going to have a large enough listenership within the first one, three, five years to really warrant the typical CPM model. That's cost per melee, cost per thousand listens. It's typically 35-45 bucks per thousand listens, and it's just not going to pay the bills. So I'm a much bigger believer in another way of getting sponsors on your show. It's called the CPA model, cost per acquisition. So instead, have that niche podcast that really is a creating a solution for a actual pain point that people are having then go find companies that have products that have services that do help solve that problem and have solutions for that pain point and come up with a cost per acquisition deal with them instead where you're like saying, hey, if I bring you a client that's going to invest $500 a month into your software or $1,000 into this product or whatever it might be, I want a 25, 35, 45% commission off of that sale. That's going to be a way, number one, they're going to be able to make significant more money with a much smaller niche audience i've seen it the numbers don't lie it's just how it works only the really big large business comedy political podcast can make anything of what i would consider significant money through podcast sponsorships early on again you can get there but the CPA model is where you should be starting. Number two, what about your own products and services? What about if you actually know how to create the solution for real pain points your listeners have? Offer it to them. Like when I found out that my listeners actually wanted to grow their businesses and part of growing your business is starting a podcast, I launched Podcasters Paradise six years ago now and that's turned into the biggest podcasting community in the world. Over 4,000 people have joined, over $5 million in revenue has been generated from me creating a solution, a product, a community a course for my listeners and I've done that over and over again with the freedom journal the mastery journal the podcast journal with webinar courses with other courses I've done like real revenue I created all these different things that I can now offer to my audience when they come to me with specific questions and that's critical as well plus There's all these other ways. Like, people probably really love the two of you guys. I'm actually gonna say they definitely love the two of you guys. They might wanna hang out with you in person. What am I doing next? uh, Sorry, two weeks from now, I'm hosting what's called Puerto Palooza down here in Puerto Rico. I'm hosting a very small event. Seven people are coming down, all seven of those people. Paid $7,500 to spend two and a half days in Puerto Rico learning from myself and Kate. Guess what? That's going to be a $50,000 net profit weekend for us. Like That's an event. That's what we've done. We also run masterminds, both virtual and in person for people. Coaching, all these different ways to monetize your podcast. You just have to think about what are the different ways that you can As the host, can create solutions for your listeners, and you're going to have a plethora of ways to make real money.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, you've got to have those things. Have you found that in your experience that a particular call to action has been more effective than others? And that have
0: you found some which actually you just couldn't make work? The best call to action I've ever used, which is why we double down on it, is for a free course. So for instance, not everybody, I don't want to be funneling everybody that wants to podcast into my $1,000 a year podcasting course right away. It's it's almost like meeting a girl and saying, hey, nice to meet you, let's get married. But no, how about this? Like I say, hey, you're listening to my podcast right now. If you want to start your own podcast, I've created a completely free podcasting course. So head over to freepodcastcourse.com and check it out. And if you really like podcasting after going through this free course, you might want to step up into my actual paid premium podcasting course. Maybe not. I did the exact same thing with my course, real revenue. That's a $325 course, but I don't drive people right to real revenue, which is how to make real revenue with your business. What I do is I say, Hey, you first need your big idea. That's the first thing that you need. So go to my free course, your big idea.io. And in less than an hour, you'll have your big idea. And then once they have their big idea, they're excited. Now I say, okay, now it's time to jump into real revenue, so I can teach you how to turn that big idea into a revenue-generating machine. Period. End of story. That's called a funnel. That's the right way to do it. The wrong way to answer your second question is the opposite. Is what I was saying is just being like, "All right, guys. Well, hope you enjoy my podcast today with you know Rob and Kennedy. Now go buy my thousand-dollar you know per year podcasting community <laughs> uh, yeah. of course, Podcasters Paradise. Okay, so, bye. See you later. Like, don't do that. Like, that's just not the right way to take people through a funnel experience that's going to have them wanting to buy at the edge because not everybody is. And so don't present that opportunity to everybody. But everybody that's listening that doesn't want to start a podcast is still saying to themselves, oh, wow, that's really cool that John offers a free podcast course. I don't want to take it, but it's cool that he offers one. So you're giving goodwill. End of story.
1: Yeah, I love that. Build up the goodwill. Okay, we're going to now move into the what we affectionately refer to as the quick fire round
0: want to miss out on more of these
2: fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast
1: now on your podcast
2: player. So question number one, a book that you recommend?
0: The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson.
2: Love it. Okay, what a top success
1: habit you have, something you do regularly, John?
0: My 90-minute morning routine, which consists of exercise, meditation, journaling, an infrared sauna, and reading a business book. Wow. Mm. Who do you look up to? I look up to Gary Vaynerchuk. I love his message. I don't want his life by any uh, way, shape, or form. (laughs) I don't want to be running an 800-person ad company in New York City, but he knows that I don't want that. And he's like, what do you want? And that's the message that he he shares and loves. So he's part of my morning Alexa flash briefing. (laughs) Love that. And
1: what are some of your favorite apps and things that you're using right now to keep yourself on track?
0: Bonjouro's the best app out there, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to connect with people that have just I hear invested you. in you. It's so good. So, anytime anybody buys Podcasters Paradise or Real Revenue or anything else that I um, have created, I send them a personal video thanking them for doing that. And it's amazing for connection. It's amazing to reduce churn for returns. It's just an incredible way. And it's, by the way, it's just like the right thing to do. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah. Big important question here, John. Who do you like more, Redhead Rob or Platinum Head Kennedy? i like kennedy better yes that's
1: the right answer
2: (laughs) finally john in
1: case anybody doesn't know where can people go to find out more about you
0: all the magic happens at eofire.com i have free world-class courses there for entrepreneurs not to mention i love when people check my podcast out entrepreneurs on fire
1: Absolutely love it. John, thank you so much for joining us here. We've absolutely had a blast. Thank you for sharing so, so wildly. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, I might have fanboyed a little bit over that interview. I was, I was pretty excited to meet JLD. The big paper banner was a bit much. Was, it the, was the t-shirt okay? <laughs> um, or was it the vest that gave us away? <laughs> the speedos that I had specially printed.
2: <laughs> what That's
1: a, really, a really good episode, episode it? That was a really good episode. And for me, I really loved that sort of near the end when he was talking about, the, the perfect call to action, the offer to make mm. that's going to generate you, that has generated for him and for, for the clients and his students the most income or the most leads about having putting a free mini course together. It seems to be highly valuable so I'm sure we'll be doing that in the coming weeks. Expect a free mini course coming your way, dear
2: listener. <laughs> Indeed. Now, I mean, what, why else would you do this unless we're going to learn and actually implement the stuff that we learn from the guests, right? It's true. I mean, we love to ask them the questions. We want to know the answers. That's to. how we Just, do it. If we like it, we know that you lovely listeners will like it. Now, if you have missed anything in today's episode, don't worry, Grace has put together all of the show notes for you, which you'll find over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash zero four zero, And please listening to this right now, this is an appeal. Uh, we'd love to have you go and leave us a review on iTunes. You can do that by going to responseweek.com forward slash iTunes or your favorite podcast player failing that and tell the world just how brilliant the podcast is. And then that way we get more people listening, which means we help more people spread the word. And, of course, we'd like to know
1: what your big takeaway is. Tweet us at Suite. Let us know your big takeaway from this episode with JLD. That's it for this week. We're back next week. If you haven't already subscribed, you'll probably want to do that. Otherwise, there's a small chance you might miss out next week. You really wouldn't want
2: that. Don't miss, Don't miss a
0: thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responseuite.com.